Welcome back to the Women in the Business Arena podcast. Every week we dive into juicy topics for women navigating the business arena, leadership, and their personal self-development. We reframe business and life with a more feminine lens to help women find more fulfillment, freedom, and success. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and today I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Laura Schutt-Guzman. Today, we thought we would talk about a topic that I have really been diving into for myself and really, really looking at with my clients as well. And it's this idea of a wealth mindset versus a scarcity mindset. And I know a lot of people have talked about this over the years, but it's such this imperative topic for our success. And I don't feel we dive enough into it. We're still all kind of running in some level of a scarcity mindset, and that really has to change. What do you think, Laura? Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about this in, you know, past episodes and kind of like it always comes up in different aspects because, I mean, it's a part of business. It's our ability to step into an abundant mindset to be able to make money. And as we've also identified, it seems like it does affect or plagues women a little bit more than men. Um, We do have more challenges around and whether or not it's um, that we just kind of, you know, don't, there's so many things about not owning our value, not feeling comfortable talking about money, not feeling like we can make it about money or just, you know, as a gender, we are paid less than our male counterparts. So that sends a very strong message that maybe it's just not as, you know, we're never going to be able to aspire to make as much as they do or as we could, you know? So there's all these interesting overt and covert, I think, messages that we receive. So that's kind of hard to unpack for me at times. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah. admit. Look, I think it's true for everyone. And what I've been doing in myself is really looking at the systemic stuff that I've internalized, right? And so it's been really interesting thinking about systemically what are we taught about money? What are we taught about a wealth mindset and what are we taught about scarcity, right? For instance, men are often taught to invest, right? To to spend money to make money. Women are often taught to save, to scrimp, to cut coupons, right? Like there is this very kind of interesting, different perspective that men are taught from day one and women are taught differently. And then it's reinforced in many different ways. It's reinforced a lot of times in our partnerships. Our husbands will spend money differently than we will. Or even like one of the things I realized for myself is, I mean, I am the breadwinner in my house now, 100% actually, and I still feel the need to ask my husband permission to buy anything, right? Like that's such an interesting systemic issue. Like, and I heard someone recently talking about the difference between, you know, if you culturally, if you really look at it, like white women especially were, you know, taught and encouraged that once they had babies to stay home, let their husbands work, they clean the kitchen, they do the domestic duties, they raise the kids, you know, and their husband will provide all the money. And even as women shift that and change that and we're coming into owning our businesses and creating wealth and all of that, we still have a lot of that scarcity mindset. Whereas Black women, they were often always workers, right? Because in those families and in the way we have so much systemic racism – you know, Black women have had to work alongside their husbands. And so, you know, yeah, it's just these really different 
cultural, societal things that we've internalized and I'm still watching them play out in my life every day. Yeah, it is. It's really um, complex and some of it is conscious, you know, that we've, we've become conscious. And I think, you know, you and I both worked on money mindset for most of our entrepreneurial career because we started realizing early on, oh, this is a thing. I'm already limiting myself and I haven't even gotten out the door. But there's also still for me, I'm surprised by what's still lying there unconscious that I'm not aware of. And, and same things I reflect on, you know, patterns between my husband and I, where I'm just like, it's so interesting, our spending differences or how I, you know, feel like apologetic, or I feel much less likely I spend money on the kids, I spend money on the family. But then if I need a pair of shoes, you know, I'll take forever to like get <laughs> around to that errand. And and then I'm somehow like, oh, yeah, just by the way, I had to buy a new pair. And oh, and I bought the more expensive ones, but I'm not going to probably buy a new pair of running shoes for yeah. several years. <laughs> it's like this whole thing. And then but with the kids, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, whatever it is that they're needing. So this I'm putting myself last in the family finances. So how does that end up showing up in my business as well, you know? Well, I bet you put the sales last in your business, right? Like every woman I know, right? Yeah. So when when I ask them, you know, all, the, all my clients or all the people I'm working with, when we look at what we're spending time on in our business, we're usually spending time on client delivery. We're spending time on how our business looks, the brand. We're spending time on, you know, the creation of things in the business. But sales... Sales is usually last, right? And so this is how these beliefs and these mindsets trickle down. If we had a wealth mindset, what would we create? But when we have a scarcity mindset, what do we create? Like it's, it can be the same set of circumstances, the same opportunities, and yet we're going to create much different based on that mindset. Yeah. And I often realize that I have put a cap on my earning potential, you know, that I kind of had this vague number when I became a therapist, it was like, oh, well, most psychotherapists, you know, make this much. And then when you go into private, you know, this is much if you're an agency and then this much in group practice or private practice. And so I've just kind of, you know, put that, that's it. There's the goal. And that's not even reflective of me specifically or my financial needs or my family's financial needs or like what I am capable. But there's just like this number out there. And then when I hear about people who are making like very large sums per month, I'm like, what? You can do that as an individual female entrepreneur? (laughs) Service-based business, you can actually make thousands and thousands and thousands (laughs) per month versus, yeah, like what I have in my head. And one of the first hurdles I see a lot of women needing to go through is that the first thing they need to do is redefine wealth. And this is an exercise I have every one of my clients on right now, is that they need to redefine wealth according to their values. Because the first thing I hear everyone say is, well... Are we talking about a wealthy mindset to where like, you know, I have an abundance of love and I have a, no, yes. And we're talking about wealth in terms of money, right? Like let's talk about- Show me the dollars. That's right. Let's (laughs) talk about the money. And I think, you know, one of the challenges is that most of us have, you know, perceptions, history, like the reference points that we have are white men who do not have the same values as we have. 
that are wealthy, right? Or even white women who do not have the same values as we have that are wealthy. And so when we look at wealth, a lot of times, a lot of women I know, they resist it. They're like, I don't want wealth. That's gross. It means I'm selfish. It means I'm, you know, not going to be able to help anybody. It means I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm not going to be the person I am right now. But what I've really challenged a lot of people in my life to do lately is to redefine wealth according to your values. What would you do with wealth? So I posed this question to my clients the other day and I said, you know, if you were making 900000 a year, right, and that's not even what you're capable of, right, you know, just but just take that, right? So for some of them, that's a huge stretch. Okay, so you're making 900000 a year. What are you going to do with your wealth? What do you do with your time? What do you invest in, right? Who do you bring into your business, right? Are you going to bring someone who doesn't serve you? Are you going to bring in an amazing team that you can pay well, that you can support? Are we going to lift women up? Are we going to contribute to charities? Are we going to like inject our wealth in the world in line with our values? Like that is the kind of change we have to make in redefining wealth. That was a game changer for me. And I didn't get there until about five years ago when I had, I think I've told this story before, but when I had to step up my financial game to expand my business because I was needing to go from my original location, my co-working space and, and go into a larger space. And I was going to have to up my pricing and you know charge more, which is always uncomfortable. Anytime I'm like, okay, it's going to cost more. And I, and I hit resistance as soon as I told members that this is happening, we're moving and everything's going to cost more. Of course, you're going to get a lot more, but it was that resistance they felt to paying more. There was a part of me that started to want to backpedal and just be like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. And then I had this reckoning with myself. And I think a couple of wise friends, probably yourself included, where I had to really realize, oh, the more that I can bring in the closer I get to having my goal of being a philanthropist, which is really my ultimate goal. I would love to just become a philanthropist that can look at all of these female founders and invest in them and just be like, let me just give you the money that you need to succeed. Cause I see so many amazing people, not especially women, not being funded. And so I was like, Oh, I can't make money. I can't give money until I make money. That's right. I can't be that generous until I'm actually able to make that money. And so that was a huge aha light bulb. And it really allowed me to step into the expansion of my business in charge. Then of course that wasn't solved, you know, and it, it still continued and I have to work with it. And I'm still working with it today because I see these ceilings that I still hit, you know, where I'm like, I'm comfortable with this amount. Oh, here it is again, though. It needs to be, I need to charge more or I need to, you know, or co-working services. That's one thing. Then my own private practice, what I need to charge for that. And, you know, and we have different times that we hit these limits that we place on ourselves, depending on if it's in our business or in our personal spending with family. And so every time I think we have these, these opportunities where we're going to be charging more, or we're going to be changing our businesses, rethinking our approach, then we have to think about our money mindset. Like it's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a wealth mindset or a scarcity mindset, they're really about a worthiness mindset right? They're how worthy do we consider ourselves to be? And a many, many, many women put them up towards the scarcity side when they look at their worth versus the 
wealth side when we look at our worth. And this is the big shift in paradigm that we have to make as women. We need to begin to allow ourselves to have a wealth mindset, to look at everything in front of us from a wealth mindset, to realize how worthy we are of wealth because what we will do with it is amazing, right? And I think part of this work in looking at your scarcity or wealth mindset is about looking at the history, right? Whether it's the history of your culture, whatever culture you're in, what are sort of the historical beliefs? Because it's guaranteed that we've internalized some of them. And then it's also looking at like your parents. Like this was a big aha for me because when I was looking and exploring sort of the beliefs around what did my parents teach me or what did I perceive from them about a wealth mindset? And so for me, like the way I perceive my dad is when he had excess, he spent it on himself. And with my mom, when she had excess, she gave it all away, almost to the point of us being in poverty. So it was like, it was either or, it was one or the other. Like I learned either it's fully self or it's fully the other. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was looking at redefining my version of wealth, what I really looked at is it is self plus others. If I have wealth, I can do both. If I have wealth, I can receive it. I can serve myself in a loving and beautiful way. And I can really, really serve the world as well. Yes. Yes. It is so true that that money story. And if you haven't reflected on your money story, then it's definitely time to do so because we have, we've taken those narratives that we've seen. So it hasn't always been directly that our parents said this about money. That's right. We observed them. We felt a certain experience. And I mean, and I definitely, you know, in our generation, so many of us, our grandparents were affected by the Great Depression and my paternal grandparents were also older by the time they had my dad. So they were right in the depression. They lost a ranch, an entire ranch during the depression. And that continued to shape the way they related to money. So there was always this kind of, it's, it's not enough, or if you have it, it could be gone. So, you know, it was always kind of this, this save it, save it, save it. But then there wasn't like this pleasure in this enjoyment. There was almost like guilt and shame if you enjoyed money. Like that was, you know, something bad would happen. And so for me, you know, it was really learning how that did impact me. Although I they didn't teach me that directly. It was just these these kind of indirect ways that they related to money. And then, you know, wow, look at me having a hard time buying myself a pair of shoes. I wonder why, you know, it's like those things that you don't often think about are playing out in your everyday decisions and the attitudes you have about money. And I think like one of the best books I've ever read about it is The Energy of Money. And I um, I like that book a lot because it did really take it out of just thinking of money in this one dimensional way and really understanding, oh, it's the worth, like how much am I worth and how much generosity do I want to share? And if that's just energy and if energy moving in and out and it's transactional, but in this way that I can be very conscious of, it really started to change the way I felt about money. 
Yeah, look, these money stories are so big. And even if you think you've done a lot of work, go back again. <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, I've done so it's much It's never work. over. <laughs> it's never over. And I feel, I almost feel like every time you feel stuck, every time you haven't, like you're hitting a glass ceiling, that is exactly the time to do this mindset work on money. And, you know, it's really looking at, and and so, you know, maybe it'd be good to kind of, we've kind of shared this, but, you know, just really kind of explain the difference, right? So when we have a scarcity mindset, what decisions are we making from that mindset, right? We're saving, we're contracting, we're, you know, staying small. And when we have a wealth mindset, it doesn't mean we're splurging, right? Because that's, again, the patriarchal kind of attitude that if we, you know, if we spend money, we're splurging, you know, it doesn't mean we're splurging. It means we're looking at things from a continuous wealth mindset, right? So you can kind of look at, we've got these vicious cycles that sort of perpetuate scarcity mindset. And we have these wealth sort of cycles we can have that perpetuate wealth mindset, right? And so what are you doing on a daily basis that is creating scarcity mindset? And what are you doing on a daily basis that's creating wealth mindset? Because it's not something a lot of us are born with in terms of the wealth mindset, especially as women. And we do have to create it, right? We do have to make it. We do have to shift what we've experienced in order to experience it. And so like, what are you doing every day? How are you thinking every day? What choices, what decisions are you making every day? Do you feel abundant, open, or closed and constricted? Yes. Well, and I noticed, Sonia, a huge impact on me in that realm because I was really trying to stay open and be owning my comfort with money. And then I noticed myself in some circles of other people that were still in scarcity mindset would shame me and they would remind me of the old story, but you're a healer. Like we're not in this for the money, you know, and all of those, cause I have, didn't even talk about that one. I've talked about that on other paths, you know, just being a therapist, you hear like, Oh, this is so great. You're not going to make any money, but like, that's great. You're going to save the world, especially if you're in more of the social justice, social work area. And, you know, so you don't get a lot of that support that that's a good thing that you can make money and heal people. So what one action that I've started to take is to really pay attention to the narratives, the money stories and the people around me and spend more time with individuals like yourself that have done the work and that we can talk openly about the joy of money and about our worth and we can name our our financial goals and we're encouraged and it's exciting and it's like yes you deserve that that's an amazing and and even sometimes like oh i wonder if you could even charge a little more because it seems like you're still on that little cusp right there those are the people that I really need to be around, really strong women that are comfortable with, with money. Because when I'm in that other crowd with all of the people that are still like, oh, you should really lower that. Nobody's going to be able to afford that. And, you know, all those stories that just sinks me really fast. So I pay a lot of attention now to who I spend time with to stay in that open, trusting space. Yes. I have to say that my greatest shifts in like really the wealth mindset 
came from putting myself in an environment with people who also had a wealth mindset. And, you know, I had to still do all the work internally to, you know, I guess make it congruent between the environment I was in and the feelings that I had that still were very old and scarcity. So I had to do that work. But it's like you get a different reference point. So I remember like the first kind of mastermind I did with, you know, millionaires. Like, so here I am, you know, I, I, was nowhere near a millionaire. And I still invested in this big program. There's lots of millionaires. And it was so interesting because I remember the shift it made for me being in a room with all of them. They're all normal people, right? <laughs> like it's not, not like it's anything different. And, you know, like you, uh, even in some of there, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually more aware, you know, like I actually have a little, I have a little bit more together in my business. Like there's all this interesting stuff you see when you see behind the scenes. And, you know, you re like, I, I just realized there's nothing special about it. Like, you know, maybe they have more in place. Maybe they have better marketing skills. You know, like there's definitely things they have because they've gotten into a different place than I did at that time. But I could be in the environment and realize, oh, it's not rocket science. It's not like some thing that's like this pipe dream, right? I'm sitting in an environment and they're all normal and I'm pretty similar and I probably even have more experience than they do. And so it really shifted my mindset at that time to be like, ah, oh, okay, you know, I just have this really unreasonable perspective of what millionaires feel like, where what millionaires are, right? And so that is really amazing when you can surround yourself with people and also surround yourself with people that will hold you accountable when you start dropping into the scarcity mindset because we all do it, right? I still have these moments where I drop into the scarcity mindset. And if someone doesn't catch me or if I don't catch myself, I can really create a lot of havoc. I can start lowering my prices. I can start letting people stay in my program for longer than they're actually committed to. I can like, there's all kinds of havoc I can start to create if I fall into that. So having people surrounding you who are holding you to that wealth mindset, who are holding that space for you and who are also kind of saying, hey, that's a scarcity mindset you're hitting right now. Yes. What can exactly. we do to process that? <laughs> exactly. And it just allows you to even be more generous, you know, like that's the thing that I had to really get is that it's just like the oxygen mask that we say to put on so that we can take care of our children. You know, it's like if you give yourself the support, if you really bring in the wealth that you are able to bring in. And for me, I have to even remind myself, like, and this isn't just something that came overnight. Like you and I both, we've been in the field for 20 years. I spent a lot of time in classrooms. I invested in my education. I invested in my first business. I mean, Soma Vita was a PhD in entrepreneurship. I have invested <laughs> my time in my, you know, my yeah. soul, my blood, everything into this work. And so for me to turn around and not charge, you know, is not honoring the work. And it doesn't allow me to be more generous, you know, and a lot like with therapists, there's always the sliding scale. And that's like the, I don't want to leave anybody, you know, without being able to get services. But the reality is the more you make, then you can set up scholarships. And the more that you make, you can donate, you know, to a charity that does have all these amazing programs available. Like there's ways you are still able to be generous. In fact, you are more generous than 
like, oh, once a month I can do a sliding scale of 50 bucks for a client. Like that's not going to get any of the mental health like resources more available. But when I am making a million dollars and then I give 20% of that to a counseling center down the street from my house, that's much more impactful than what I did yes. as an individual <laughs> sliding scale slut. Yes. And then what I really love is like trying that on, right? So the first thing is what would you, if you were making a million dollars, what does that feel like and what would you do with your wealth, right? So that's one kind of exercise you can do. And it's really fascinating and really amazing when you start to let yourself have that. Give yourself permission to actually feel it. And then you can take it even a step further. What would you do with your time? What would you do with your mornings, What behaviors are you doing now that perpetuate things that wouldn't be if you were, if you were, you know, making money, if you were loving your life, if you're loving your job, if you're contributing to the world, if, you know, what would you do differently in your life in terms of like, how would you spend your mornings, right? Who would you choose to spend time with if you had that wealth? Right. And I think it really should, like, would you binge flick, you know, would you binge watch Netflix all day? Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Right. Would you like, either you'd probably be contributing to something amazing that you're really enjoying and loving and, and you're genius, or you'd be sitting on the beach, right? Like, you know, having probably- intimate, great relationships with people yeah. that you love. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I encourage you to kind of walk away from this and just start to A, be aware of where you go into scarcity mindset and where you go into more of a wealth mindset, if you go into a wealth mindset at all, because there's lots of people who don't even spend any time in that mindset. And then try it on. What would you create? What would you experience? What what would it be defined for you? And play with that because it really can shift your mindset permanently. Like I know for myself, I've had moments of permanent realignment and then I can't ever go back. Right. Yes. Yes. I I love that. We'll have to do that on another episode about like that alignment that clicks. Like there's the alignments that you try and you're like, I'm practicing, I'm practicing. And then you have those moments that it's just like, wow, that consciousness is now my consciousness. And I think that that's important to remember that money consciousness can shift into a permanent alignment with yourself that is no longer attached to those old narratives. It's no longer has to be just because you were brought up this way with money or because you've always been. I mean, you may be just like, I mean, I'm 20 years into my career, but I'm still working on being much like up-leveling my consciousness around my earning potential because I have a lot of work that I want to do when it comes to generous work. I want to give so much. And so I am really working on honoring the gifts that I have. And one of the way that you honor the gifts that you have is to charge for them. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) All right. I think that's a good point to end for today. So thank you all for joining us and we will see you next week. have an exciting announcement. I'm offering a special pilot program for the next few months to help women find more clarity. If you've been feeling stuck on the fence about a decision or unclear about your direction in business life or your career, 
I can help. This program will help you unpack all of the mindset, emotions, and behavior patterns in the way of clarity and your wisdom. You get to work one-on-one with me, and I am good at unpacking whatever is in the way of clarity. You also get access to my exclusive group of private clients. If this resonates with you, reach out at my website at sonyastatman.com or on any of my socials. Getting clarity right now is an important step to success. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in the Business Arena. We'd love to welcome you into our community. Come join the Women in the Business Arena Facebook group. You can find the link in the show notes. And if you want to learn more about me and my work, you can find me at sonyastatman.com. See you next week.